you're now going to get into our message this morning. So go ahead and get your Bibles out, get your notebooks ready, and get ready to hear a word from God this morning. How's it going? Oh, good. Um, at Restoration Church, our time where we open God's Word together, we join at all of our locations. So together, we've got our online location joining in. So hello to all of you who haven't showered yet today. Uh, also to our Plymouth location and our Milton location joining in. And uh, this, is, uh, this is new information, but next week, our location pastors are preaching live at every location. And because Pastor Steve will be unavailable next week, Plymouth location, I'll be at your location preaching live for the first time there, uh, so you can be excited about that. And we've got baptisms at Plymouth location next week, so we'll be celebrating that. We have over 50, over 50 people were water baptized this year, and we're not done yet. Obviously, we got more next week in Plymouth location. Absolutely amazing what God has been doing in our church this year. And I've been saying it for the last couple of months because I've been feeling it, that next year is going to be the wildest year in our church's history. This year has been a set up year for what God's going to do. It just feels like a softball pitch that God's just lobbed it right in there for us to, uh, to make that hit, to, to go after what he has for us. And um, man, that's not happening because of, you know, for any... Um, it's not luck, it's not uh, strategy, it's, um, it's not because we're really talented. Here's why it's happening. Because you are letting the Holy Spirit work through you. You're letting God use you for his purposes. And because you're doing that, the kingdom of God is advancing here in New Hampshire. Restoration Church is growing. We're, uh, we're going after, we're seeing things happen that would never have happened if you weren't letting God use you. So why is it happening? Because you're letting God use you. Why is God using you? Why is God able to use you? Well, <laughs> he's able to use us as flawed, as imperfect as we are because he's greater than us. He's more powerful than us. He's more holy than us. And he has authority over all things. So if you haven't jumped in yet, jump in. It's uh, amazing things happening. Um, I mentioned it last week because we had a big technical difficulty the last couple of weeks, and we had been planning an upgrade for, uh, for our equipment and for online church and for our, our stream that we sent to the other locations. Anyway, we, it, it was planned for next year, but we went ahead after our couple of weeks of technical difficulties to order that right now. So we've got uh, stuff being shipped already. So this upgrade equipment for, um, for lighting in here, for our online locations, for the equipment that we stream with at our other locations. So it's a big, huge upgrade going on. And then we haven't told anybody this, but we've been making plans for next year and just based on financially where we are this year, 
Um, we are replacing the carpet in the Plymouth Auditorium uh, at the beginning of the year. So that has already been scheduled now. And, and so that's going to be happening. The carpet there. So Plymouth location was a merger with us in 2017. The carpet in that building is from 1991. And um, if you ask what is the color of that location, you could only describe it as like a Dalmatian. It's just, it's just, or, or the Technicolor dream carpet. Like there's no way to describe it. It's just a lot of years underneath that. And so that'll be finally replaced here in the next couple of weeks. And all those things, those two, you know, big purchases, that's just through our, through our regular giving. Um, but last week we had our miracle offering as part of our kingdom builders. And we are so close to our kingdom builders goal of $150,000. We are so close. I'm no mathematician, um, so, but we're like between 88 and 90% of that goal with uh, another month and a half to go. I'm very confident that we're going to hit that goal. And uh, so that will be the most that we've ever given to Kingdom Builders in the few years that we've been doing it. But because of where the miracle offering is already through, through last week, and we're letting some other people who missed last week still be able to give, um, we've been able to pull up one of our projects that we had originally scheduled for 2020. But then because of everything that happened with COVID, we took it off the list and, uh, and ended up doing other different things. But here in the Dover location in 2020, if you remember, we were going to put in a, a, a cafe, a coffee spot area in the lobby, and we were going to expand the auditorium here, but we ended up not doing that. Well, we are going to do that now, so we've already, uh, yeah, that's a great thing. So we've already secured the contractor. So if you're in this room, that wall will no longer exist. And if you look through those windows, the auditorium, that whole hallway will be eliminated. So the auditorium will move to there. That'll increase our seating capacity by about 75 people, which is pretty significant. And so that's going to be happening the beginning of the new year. We'll begin to announce some volunteer days for, for some demolition and uh, different projects that we're going to do um, to help keep the cost a little bit lower. So anyway, just a, a lot of amazing, amazing things happening, none greater than the baptisms and the life change. And if you're here, you're part of Restoration Church, you gave your life to Jesus this year. And we know there's so many of you here and at every location. Um, it has been our absolute joy to introduce you to Jesus, to introduce you to, to our friend now, to your friend. And if you're, if you're part of Restoration Church, you're here for the first time, you've been here coming for a few weeks, you've, you've not yet made that decision. You're still trying to figure it out. Um, uh, man, don't, don't stop until you find him. Don't give up till you meet him. There's one story in the Bible about the lady who she needed to be, she needed healing. She'd been sick for, for so many years of her life, a couple of decades she'd been sick. And she knew Jesus was in her town, and she fought through the crowd until she could finally touch him. And she was healed then, but you're, as you're thinking about Jesus, and you're like, I'm not, not sure, I'm not sure, I've got all these questions that I'm wrestling with, 
push through them. Don't give up. Don't show up and say, well, there's just too much between me and him. I could never get there. Keep going after it, going after it, going after it, because the moment you meet him, it changes, it changes everything changes everything internally within us. It begins to change everything externally around us. Jesus talks about the moment that you give your life to him, you give your heart to him, you put your trust in him, that it is, uh, it is like you've been born again. It is a whole new life now, serving him, following him, and being loved by him. So do not give up on that. And uh, excited for you. Maybe that will happen today. And uh, if it does, make sure you let us know because we want to celebrate that with you. Would you do me a favor? Would you open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5? You can open that up on the Bible app. Uh, If you don't own a physical copy of the Bible, we would love to give you one for free. And so when service ends, you can go out to the Welcome Center, to the Next Steps area, and just ask for a Bible, and, and they'll give you one. We would, this part where we open God's word, this is the most important part of our Sundays. It's not whether or not the coffee's finished. It's not whether or not our kids uh, behave or stay in kids' church the whole time. It's not whether or not our friends came. It's not whether or not that girl saw that we were worshiping the Lord. Um, It's not the songs. Everything that we're doing this morning, the most important part is when we open up God's word. These moments when we read scripture, it is him speaking to us. These moments are, are powerful. They are supernatural. And though there's times we have fun and we laugh, the most important thing is we are placing ourselves before Jesus and we're saying, transform me, change my thoughts, change my, li- change my mind, change my life. And if, uh, you, you know, we're not saying, Pastor Nate, Bring me a revelation. Pastor Nate changed my life. Pastor Nate, say something profound um, because there's nothing that I can say that compares to what God wants to say to you. So even, even with me being the communicator or a different guest speaker, we're, we're saying, Holy Spirit, you speak to me. Jesus, you speak to me. Change me. As we're in Matthew chapter 5, it's interesting scripture here that maybe you've read before or that you've heard before. And I want to teach on it a little bit because there's something in here connected to us about a way to live, a different way to live, even maybe a different way to live than you've been living. And we're going to walk through it, talk about it, and, and just allow God to change us. So Matthew chapter 5, we're going to start reading at verse number 38. And what we're reading is a teaching of Jesus that, in this case, his disciple Matthew recorded it. So he's taking notes as Jesus is talking. And, uh, and so we're, what we're listening to is a recording of Jesus' teaching. And Jesus says, in verse number 38, Matthew chapter 5, You have heard the law that says, The punishment must match the injury. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say, do not resist an evil person. If someone someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. If you are sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. Give to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. 
she can look up at me. There is this understanding from Jesus. He's beginning to set the stage. All right, he's, there are some who believe that he's Messiah. That there's some who believe that he's the son of God, but there's a lot more people who are skeptical of it. He has a lot more enemies than he has friends at this point in his life. He's been doing miracles, but he's also been doing teaching that's upsetting the religious society, that's upsetting a, a, a lot of traditions that aren't built in scripture. And he's also beginning to bring to understanding that the law, which is found in the Old Testament, he's coming as a fulfillment of that. He's coming to bring that to fruition. And so the way that the laws existed, he's calling us to a life that is greater than that and that is beyond that. In this passage where we just read, there are four ways in, the, in this passage that maybe that we've never understood it before, but where Jesus is calling us to become generous. When we think about being generous, we usually define it based on our own comfort level. Uh, a young kid, if they've got a, uh, a, a little Tupperware bin of goldfish crackers, if you ask them to be generous and share, they'll give you the one that they've already eaten half of. All right, and they would consider themselves extremely, extremely generous. Not only did it come half eaten, but it had a little bit of frosting that came from their runny nose with it. When we look at our lives and we think, am I someone who's generous? I think most of us are gonna answer yes. There would be very few people of us who would answer no. Even Ebenezer Scrooge, before his, uh, before his visits from the ghost, considered himself a generous person. Why? Because he let, the, he, he let his worker have a piece of coal a day to heat the office. I'm very generous. I don't have to give you any coal. I don't have to provide you any heat. I don't have to provide you a paycheck. So everything I've done for you is out of my generosity, even though he's obviously, yeah, at that point, the most miserly person that has ever been written about. But he would consider himself generous. So we want to look and not just define for ourselves, oh, yes, I'm righteous. Oh, yes, I'm a good person. Oh, yes, I'm generous. Oh, yes, I'm a great husband. Oh, yes, I'm a great parent. Oh, yes, I'm a great student. But we need to be looking at a definition that's beyond the one we write for ourselves. And for those of us who are following Jesus, we look to Jesus as our as our. As our standard, as our definition, we look at the word of God as the authority of the word of God. And we don't change the definition of that to what makes us comfortable. We look to that and when, when something in our life is revealed in scripture is not true, then we change where we are. We change our position. We don't then try to alter God's word. So if, it, if, if I, yes, I'm a great husband, how are you a great husband? You know, my wife has her own apartment uh, three states away. We never see each other. We never fight. I'm a great husband. Well, God's word says, love, husbands, love your wives as Jesus loves the church. Does Jesus send his bride, the church, far away where he never interacts, he never sacrifices, he never serves. No, so I begin to say, wait a minute, there's a way I'm interacting with my, with my wife that scripture's calling me to interact differently. 
So I would change my marriage. I would change my actions based on what the Bible says. This is what I talked about in the beginning. We place ourselves before Jesus and his word. Change me, help me, direct me, guide me, rebuke me, correct me. Whatever you need to do in my life, you can do it. In this scripture, let's look at Jesus's definition of being generous, found in verse number 39. As we're people who are being generous, this is way beyond just financial, but we see in verse number 39 that we can be we can be generous, we can be beyond generous in our forgiveness. 30, verse number 39 says, if someone slaps you on the right cheek or they slaps you on the right cheek, offer them the other also. Not only do we forgive when people have hurt us, but we, we because of the condition of a heart, because of our constant ability to forgive, we almost laugh in the face of unforgiveness. If we were to be slapped, and obviously Jesus is speaking metaphorically here, but if we were to be slapped, we are able to offer forgiveness instantly. If we were to be slapped again, we'd be able to offer forgiveness instantly. Now there's a place for self-defense in the life of a Christian. This is not, not telling us to never defend ourselves, but this is speaking to revenge and retaliation. Someone slaps me in the face, my first response is what is to retaliate? If someone hurts me or hurts my family, what are my constant thoughts after that? How will I get revenge? How will I pay them back? But I'm not gonna ruminate on the offenses that are against me and Jesus is not calling you to do those same things. He's calling you to forgive. And it is a generous Thing to forgive someone who hasn't asked for forgiveness. But the one thing that we know from other places in scripture is that forgiveness is never about that other person. It is about you and what's going on inside of you. And it's about God working within you. Forgive and you will be forgiven. It's a promise in scripture. The question to ask, who do you need to forgive? Who's that person? That doesn't mean you invite them over for Thanksgiving, but within your heart right now, you say, Jesus, I let go of that offense. I let go of my plans for revenge, and I forgive them. I forgive them. The second thing we see here in verse number 40 is we are called to be more than generous with our stuff. He says, if you're sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. It's an interesting thing here, but if someone needs a shirt and you give him more than he needs by giving him your shirt and your coat, you've got it. It's not just doing what's minimally asked or what's minimally requested, but it's taking that opportunity to go beyond that. Yesterday, uh, the Milton Food Pantry had their huge giveaway um, for Thanksgiving. They were supplying... Um, they, they were supplying food for families for like 305 families. I don't know what the total of how many people ended up coming up yesterday, but they gave my food family as well. And for me, 
when you think about the, this principle, giving more than requested, I think about Roger and Betty Eaton at that location who run the Milton Food Pantry. Because when they say, Pastor Nate, we'd like to give your family food, yeah, absolutely, We'd be, that would be amazing. Thank you so much. And then it's not a frozen turkey and a can of pumpkin pie, but, it's, but it was like five boxes of food that included candy and, and just anything else that they can give that would be a blessing. It's not just what's minimal. It's not just what's good enough, but it's thinking, how can I, how can I even do more? If there's a request, can I go beyond that? If someone asks you for 50 cents to buy a piece of bread for lunch, you buy them the whole lunch. If someone asks for a glass of water, you give them a case of water. You begin to think, how can I, how can I contribute more than what's being asked? Third thing we see is that we can be more than generous with our service in serving each other. Verse number 41, if a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it for two miles. I, you know, is this where the saying, go the extra mile comes from? If you're volunteering at church, you go the extra mile. If you're helping your parents get ready for Thanksgiving, you go the extra mile. If you're finishing a project or taking on a project for your boss, you go the extra mile. You do the things that need to be done even when no one's asking you to, and you do the things that no one asked you to do without them having to ask you. And you do it without a grumbling attitude because it's our joy to serve. And theologically, big picture here, we know that we're not doing something for the soldier in the story. We're not doing something for another person in the church. We're not doing something for our spouse or our parent or our friend or our employer, we're doing it for the Lord. It's him ultimately that we're serving even as we serve each other. It's him ultimately that we're serving even as we serve our employer. It's him ultimately that we're serving in any context where we're serving another person. The fourth thing is this, and then our bands can come up and um, get ready to lead us in song. The last thing here is that we can be more than generous with our money. We talked about, we've talked about this last week, but, but he mentions it here in the scripture. He says, give to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. Big picture here is not to be stingy. When we're stingy, we're not trusting God with that aspect of our life. We can believe that maybe he's done miracles in our past, but we don't really believe he'll do miracles in our present. We know that he's supplied all of our needs up to this point in our life, but we don't believe he'll continue to supply our needs for the rest of our life. When you give to missions or you give to single moms or you give to strangers or to special projects, um, you're, you're thinking about what's, you're not thinking about what's the minimal amount I can do, but you're thinking about is there anything additional I can do? You give even when there's no tax benefit. Give anonymously, importantly above all else, give cheerfully. In these four things, in these four examples, Jesus calling us not to just do what you're asked, but go beyond that. 
in each of these four instances, the, the person giving was required to give. They were demanded. You have the person who's been slapped. So they're not signing up for those weird face slapping competitions that you've seen on, you know, clips of on Facebook. It's not something they volunteered to do. I need someone to slap. Anybody willing? Yes, I'll help you out. You can use my other cheek as well. No, they, they, they weren't asked to be put in this position, but yet Jesus is calling them to be generous. The person who sued in court, they weren't asked to be sued in court, but yet even in this unpleasant and bad circumstance, Jesus is calling them still to be generous, not to just do what's minimal, but to even go beyond that. In service, the, when the soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile. Jesus says, even if you're demanded, be generous, carry it the extra mile. Give to those who ask, help those, don't turn away from those who wanna borrow. Even when someone asks you of something. And so you're not just doing it, kind of the big thing here is, we're not just generous when we feel like it. As followers of Jesus, we're not just generous when we've got a feeling but even in bad circumstance, even, in even when your boss demands you're gonna work on Thanksgiving Day, you still go the extra mile, you still do it with joy. Here's what this means. Here's what this means. When we live with this attitude, when we live with this generous heart, it means that the devil can't steal from us. How can he steal from us when we're freely giving away? Oh, I know I'm gonna get them. I'm gonna take their shirt and court. Oh, here's a jacket too. I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna make them have to work and have to serve. They're humming and whistling and they like it. I know what I'm gonna do. And when he tries to do that, he can't. He can't steal from us. Other thing, other part of this is he can't steal our joy. You've been slapped in the face, what would be the first thing to happen? You think joy stolen. You're going to court, first thing to happen, joy stolen. You have to give money, what would be the first thing to happen? Joy stolen. But when our attitude is Jesus, you're my Lord and Savior, you're my provider, you're my source, you're my God, I'll do whatever you ask me to do. The devil can't steal our joy because there's no bad circumstance that can keep us from being a generous person. There's no threat that feels like a threat to us. There's nothing he can do to keep us from loving our Lord, from following our Lord and serving our Lord. So my encouragement to you, don't be generous according to your definition, be generous according to Jesus's definition. And when you do that, our love for him is, is unshakable. Our love for him is built on a foundation of his word and of him, not on a, a, on a sandy foundation of our feelings or our perfect circumstance. I'll follow you, Jesus, no matter what. 
I'll follow you, Jesus, no matter where. And I will live according to the fruit of the Holy Spirit, no matter what someone else's fruit tries to do to me. Will you close your eyes? I'm gonna take a moment and pray for you. Jesus, I just thank you for every person in our church today. And we have a heart to serve you and to honor you and to, and to live the life that you've called us to live. There are unfortunate things that happen to us in our life, but, but, you've, but you've kind of showed us here in scripture, we can live above that. We can live beyond that. And that the difficult circumstances we face, we still have an opportunity to show the heart of God in those places. I pray, Jesus, that you will put in within us a generous heart. God, I pray that you will even expand the generous heart we already have. Because we've been generous towards our friends, we've been generous toward, toward our family, but help us to be generous even to strangers, even to our enemies. Help us to be generous to not just other Christians, but to those who do not yet know. Jesus, we love you. And we thank you. We thank you for everything that you've been doing in our church, everything that you're setting us up to do next year. We thank you for the miracle offering and for kingdom builders and for the projects we're doing through the tithe and the projects we're doing through kingdom builders. The impact it's making, not just here in our church, but around the world. We thank you for allowing us to be a part of it. And I just pray that we will continue to walk through it with joy. And we just, again, kind of stand firm on your word that uh, we know the enemy likes to steal. But we just declare, there, man, there's nothing you can steal from us because we're willing to freely give it. We thank you for that. We love you, Jesus. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen.